I'm Matt. He's Jason. We're in Chicago, and this is Dead People Baseball. Who wants an old style? I'll take one. Old style's the best. The Windy City is such a great town, and it's exciting to be recording in a new place. So let's get into the post-postseason edition of Dead People Baseball. Welcome to the penultimate episode of Season 1 of Dead People Baseball as we begin a busy offseason. We'll have one more episode for you in December, but here's what we're looking at for this go-round. At first base, we'll recap the two championship series as well as the World Series. At second base, we'll be conducting the lottery for the expansion draft and then the lottery for the regular draft. For third base, after our dipper, Jason and I will talk about the expansion pool of players and the protected lists of our nine returning teams and we'll complete our round-tripper with some announcements about new ballparks, a team quote-unquote moving, and some of the new players that will be eligible for the Classic League in 2022. Jason, anything to add before we head to first base? Let's get it started. Let's go! All right, so let's start with the championship series. Um, Everything went seven games this year, Jason. Both championship series, the World Series... Yeah, that's just a, that's so competitive. The first time too, yeah, first time that, that all all of the playoff series have gone the distance. Yep. So we'll start over in the. Uh, it was my Limerick Hurlers against the uh, Twinsburg Tornadoes, and uh, you know I was down three one in that series. Had some really nice pitching performances from um, my rotation. Addy Joss did not really help out very much, except for that seventh game. Um, what yeah. What'd you see in that series? Did you see anything out of the ordinary or? <clears throat> Big step up from Greg Maddox, you know. I think you know him coming in and and, and getting the job done for you was was uh, the difference. <clears throat> it was surprising to see, uh, you know, from a <clears throat> witness standpoint. It was surprising for me to watch the performance that Ed Walsh had in that series. Yet, you know, Twinsburg not able to pull it out. Yeah. I think one point oh six ERA. Yeah, I mean that he was dominant, and I, I think the difference was probably uh, you know the Twinsburg offense just never really got it completely going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babe Ruth was he had an okay series, but you know you, you're hoping for a little bit more out of, out of a guy like that, and um, you know I think it, it was an evenly matched series, and it, it was going to come down to you know whichever pitcher could could sustain and keep it going. You know. Yep. And we, I had my ace going in Game Seven, and he didn't, and I think that yeah. might be what it came down to is. Yeah. Uh, Max Manning was not available for him in that last game. But without, but you know, without him having Manning in that last uh, regular season game, maybe he's not there. So you know, right. so it, it's 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 all about winning that game that's in front of you. Yep. And then, so the Limerick Curlers defeat the Twinsburg Tornadoes to go to their second ever Classic League World Series. And then on the other side, the Grand River Ghostmen, your team. Uh, against the Harvey Wallbangers, and uh, probably not the outcome you were looking for. Obviously not, um, but I, I can't say I was real surprised by it, based on you know how hot Harvey was, you know, really the last month month or two of the season. Um, you know, I, I had I had some struggles down the stretch, uh, really just inconsistency. Some of my starting pitchers who you know had great first half 
halves of the season, you know, started to falter a little bit towards the end. Um, you know, I, I mean, I was happy with, with being able to push it to seven games. Um, it, you know, obviously I would have liked to, to put it away. It would have been nice to see Rube Waddell pitch more like he did in the regular season, but that, that's what makes postseason fun. Yeah. You know, it's a whole new, whole new season. Yep. Compresses everything down. Really. Um, everything is so important. Every at bat, every pitch, uh, it, it just becomes so much more dynamic in that situation so we've got the two wild card teams the limerick hurlers and the harvey Wallbangers end up in the world series again goes seven games and the limerick hurlers pull it out uh if you haven't listened to classic league daily yet there's highlights from all seven games available i, I i'm i was kind of astounded jason like at the beginning of the season i know um you you did give me some credit for my draft you thought that i had the necessary players to do this. I, I, I tell you, I mean, I was I was down three one in that championship series. I thought for sure that either Max Manning or or um, Ed Walsh was going to get me, and and Twinsburg was going to go to the World Series, and and here I am. I got my second title, um, and I think it is it's a testament to Reb Russell, for instance. Yeah, it came up big for you, um, and I think you got to give credit to you know to Harvey uh, for for having that push, you know, that was a team that was under 500 in the middle of the season, had a, had a late hot streak and, and carried it into the playoffs. And, and really Sandy Koufax is, is a big part of that. You know, he, he was a guy that, um, you know, was, was pitching pretty well, but not what you'd want from your ace. And yep. down the stretch, you know, he came up huge, had a great postseason. He turned it on. He really did. You know, unfortunately for, you know, for Harvey, you know, Eddie, Eddie Plank hit, hit a rough stretch. And, and that was that was probably the difference, you know, because I think he still continued to get some offense from those guys that were carrying him into the postseason. Yeah. And I think we saw we saw Harvey, you know, with the trade, a couple trades at the trade deadline to um, – like really, he kind of overhauled his roster a little bit. His batting order picked up Albert Bell, which was huge. Ended up being the um, against you, he was the MVP of that series. Right. And then Tim Linscombe. Can we talk about Tim Linscombe for a second? Yeah, that was a surprise. I, he actually reached out to me asking, you know, if he was available, and and you know when he was, you know what I thought about him, and you know I think my philosophy is I'm always skeptical of these of these newer players. And Lincecum, if you look at his real life stats, they're they're pretty good, but they're not great. You know, he kind of struggled later in in his career. He, he had a short window where right. he was excellent. And um, but I think, and, and it's you know, a lot of these newer guys, their stamina is not as good as the older guys. Obviously, you know, complete games are kind of a thing of the past. So guys don't rack up innings like they used to. But with him, um, what I think helps him his high strikeout per nine. Uh, rating kind of mm-hmm. showed up, translated into the classic league. He struck out a lot of guys, yep. and you know he he limited damage, and uh, he you know he wasn't giving up big innings, and that's what you want out of any starter is to be able to kind of you know limit the scoring obviously, but also be able to work their way out of jams. And um, it, it seemed like you know that was something that he could do, yeah. and and he he baffled the lineups. He 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 really in the postseason he. He outperformed his regular season for sure. Yeah. Um, and and then, then on the flip side of that coin, another guy who I expected to do good. You know, I, I gave you a little dirty look when you said his name because he's in the expansion draft. But Greg Maddox, for True. For, yeah. for Limerick, I, I mean, he really had a giant postseason for me. Had a couple of must-win games, and just uh, again, just outstanding 
for him to be able to go in, win the games they had to win, and then and then push it to the title. And um, especially when I had a guy like like Addy Joss went one and four or one and three mm-hmm. in the postseason for me. I mean, <clears throat> you never you never expect that from your ace. You, like you mentioned, like Rube Waddell had a tough yeah. postseason. Um, something else I want to mention real quick. I, and again, I, I commented or excuse me, Casey Rydell commented on it in Classic League Daily. But Ken Williams. Had an yeah, outstanding yeah. postseason. Wow. 14 games, yeah. 14 hits, every or 14 game hitting streak, yeah, I should yeah, every say. Every single game. Uh, I mean, who, is that who Ken Williams can be? I, I think Ken Williams is a solid hitter in this league. He's underrated. Uh, if you you know if you look at his numbers, both real life and classically, he's pretty consistent. You know, he hits for power, hits for average. Um, you know, I don't know if, if you would necessarily say that he's a guy that's going to go on a long hitting streak, but... You know, I think I think a lot of teams, um, you know, kind of pass up on him. He he's he seems to be a guy that usually kind of lingers in the draft mm-hmm. a little longer than he should. But you know, I he might he might be a guy that that just fits Pat's team. You know, fits that ballpark. Yeah. I think Greg Maddox is a guy like that for you. Guy doesn't have great classic numbers, but every time you've had him, he's done well. Some guys are like that where they might just fit in a certain ballpark, or maybe you know the way that. An order is constructed; they fit well into a spot, um, which is why I always, you know, recommend if there's a guy you like and maybe his numbers don't look good on paper, roll the dice a little later in a draft, you know, because yeah. you never know who might bust out and have a yeah. year that you weren't expecting. Get him some starts in spring training. That's kind of what I did with Maddox this year. He was kind of on a um, let's see if he can make the team. You know, we created I, create I, a little Twitter drama around that. I and... tried to do that with Carl Yastrzemski, who had a, a blazing <laughs> spring, did. and then he came out and didn't hit, for, you know, for yep. anything. So it doesn't always work out that yeah. way. Well, all in all, it was a great postseason. It's really great to recap it. But you know what, Jason? It's, it's time for the Classic League to move forward. So why don't we finish up first base and head to second? Time for second base. Time for the expansion lottery. We're going to find out what, Jason? Um, the three teams, the three expansion teams, Sarnia, Raleigh, East Point, uh, will be uh, getting their order placed by this draft, and the switch around will happen in the second round. So one through three will pick in the first round, then three through one will pick in the second round. So this is serpentine. a straight up yeah, A serpentine draft. expansion draft. And my lovely wife is here. Amanda's going to pick the names out of a Cleveland Buckeyes hat. All right, babe, what's the first one? East Point. The East Point Elites East get the Point. first pick in the expansion draft. Picking second will be... Sarnia. The Sarnia Sting, and pull it out just to verify that that third one says... Raleigh. Raleigh. The Raleigh Fingers will pick third in the expansion draft. Now that we've got the expansion draft set, it's time to pick the order for the regular draft, which will begin officially on, what, December 26th? Yeah, the day after the Christmas. Yep. So for uh, for the first drawing, what's going to be a little bit different? So the four playoff teams um, that only have their name in once uh, will not be in the hat for the first pick. So that means that the you know the the three expansion teams and then Brentwood and then the four other four teams that didn't make the playoffs will be guaranteed 
you know, to a chance at the yeah, top, a chance pick. at the top pick. Whereas the playoff teams will not be put in until after we know who the top pick is. Perfect. So with that, my lovely wife Amanda again will pick the number one pick, and it will go to Athens. The Athens Bobkins, wow. Lonnie. Congratulations. The second pick of the draft goes to Grand River. Oh, come on! Yes. Oh, it does not seem fair. The third pick goes to... Sarnia. The Sarnia Sting with the there, third overall pick. lottery pick. There we go. Now we're moving. The fourth pick will be... Brentwood. Brentwood? Brentwood, another wow. lottery. Top lottery. So that's top four picks. So the top, top four. four picks, Athens, Grand River, Sarnia, and Brentwood. The next pick, the fifth pick in the draft, will be... Limerick. Yes, wow, top five. Limerick, the World Series champs, get the fifth pick. And I'll tell you, I feel good about that not being serpentine. Uh, yeah, right in the it, middle. Yeah, it'll be good. The next pick goes to... Cleveland. The Cleveland, Cleveland Spiders. The, the absolute mid-pick. That's a yep. good spot, too. Very good. The seventh pick of the draft goes to East Point. East Point Elites. Top had the top expansion pick in the middle of the regular draft. That that's good start for him. Yeah. And now what are we up to? The eighth, the eighth pick, pick will go to Twinsburg. The Twinsburg Tornadoes. Tornadoes. Looking to looking to break the snide. They've been to the World Series two years in a row. They've come up short. They will build from the back of the draft. The ninth pick goes to... Raleigh. The Raleigh Fingers. The expansion team. That's yeah. all three expansion teams set in our regular draft. We've got three picks left. We've got... Who do we have left? We've got North Coast. North Coast, uh, Harvey, and... Who's our other one here? Uh, Wormtown. All right. Next is... Wormtown. Wormtown Warriors, the, the Warriors. 2020 champions. Yes, the pandemic champs. Yes. 2020. So we've got two picks left. Number 11 will be... North Coast. North Coast. And that means Which our means our... Oh, man. Back end is Harvey. Harvey, who had the first pick in last year's draft, I believe. I think you're right. Cause, yeah, because he... Yeah, he had the first pick in last year's draft. Last pick in this year's draft. Coming off a World Series appearance. Yeah, big year for him. But he's got a good core to build from, and you never you never know. So to recap, our number one pick, the Athens Bob Kittens. Number two, the Grand River Ghostmen. Number three, the Sarnia Sting. Number four, Brentwood. Number five, Limerick. Number six, Cleveland Spiders. Number seven, the East Point Elites. Number eight, the Twinsburg Tornadoes. Number nine, the Raleigh Fingers. Ten is Wormtown. Eleven is North Coast. And twelve is Harvey. What do you think, Jay? I mean, it's exciting to get it's that It's exciting set. for me. I'm happy to be in the two <laughs> yeah. spot. I was yeah. not expecting that. Um, yeah, I think uh, the mix that we have is, is kind of kind of wild, you know, with, with the 3-2-1 the situation that we had going on. We had mm -hmm. quite a, a varied mix of where they landed in their spots. Yeah. So there you have it. The... Draft order is set. Uh, the expansion draft will get started here. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But uh, that's it for second base. On to third base now. And before we talk about the expansion draft and protected lists and all that good stuff, we got to take our little dipper. 
And uh, Jason, we found a nice spot. We're recording. It's uh, 10 o'clock local time here in Chicago. We found a nice little restaurant around the corner from the hotel. Grabbed a couple Bloody Marys. Indeed. Very good. It's got some bacon. Got the lemon-lime combination. Absolutely delicious. What was the name? What was the name of that oh, place? Oh, Beatrix. Beatrix. Ding! Ding! Forgot to bring the bell to Chicago. That's okay. All right, so let's get into it. Expansion draft preview. So we know that East Point's got the first pick. Uh, who got the second pick again? Sarnia, Sarnia and, then and then Raleigh. So it's, it'll go one, two, three, three, two, one, serpentine style. What are your initial thoughts, Jason? I mean, thinking about some of the top players available uh, that are dangling out there from the protected lists. Yeah, I think um, there are some there's some value. Absolutely, uh, you're going to see a lot of pitchers, a lot of outfielders, mm-hmm. you know, on the, on those lists, which is not surprising. Um, I think a, a few, uh, kind of just to go through the list of like teams that that are dangling players. Um, what stands out to me are maybe guys that are left dangling that were on the hard protected list last year. Um, uh, Manny Ramirez of Athens. Uh, you got Mariano Rivera from Cleveland. Um, you know, some guys coming off of, of uh, difficult years. Yeah. You know, um, we mentioned Ken Williams earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harvey's Harvey's got him dangling. But it's hard to say, like, oh, this guy, you know, is, is better than the other. I think you have a lot of uh, even distribution of talent. I think it's going to come down to, um, you know, the expansion teams looking at how they want, what type of team they want to build, mm-hmm. and then finding guys that fit into that. Uh, I, I think the obvious um, targets are, are probably going to come early from Brooklyn because there's a team that's leaving us. Right. So they're their available player list is is going to have guys that would have it's been their on, top eight yeah would have yeah. would have been on their hard protected list so you know perennial all-stars you know willie mays walter johnson turkey stearns those are guys that like immediately pop out um and again you know serving different types of needs mm-hmm. and depending on what type of team you know they want to build you know, it, those first three picks are are probably going to all be you know interchangeable. You know, yeah. they're they're all three. It's all going to be a good pick. No one's going to have a yeah, bad that pick. Are, they're going to have you know quality talent right off the bat. Yep. So it's, it's going to be a great way for these teams to build. Um, let's talk a little bit about those hard protected lists that each team submitted. So everyone was able to hard protect six of their players. Um, anything stand out to you from those protected lists? Any surprises you saw that you thought maybe, wow, that's not someone maybe I would have protected? But uh, I think the surprises come more from uh, like, wow, that guy had a really good year that catapulted them into a hard protected um, spot. Cristobal Torriente of Athens yeah. is one that immediately pops out to me because that's a guy who who you know probably should be in a top six protected, but. You know, hasn't had that, you know, standout year until this year. Has until had some the last good years. 38 games of the 30, season. Yeah, 35-game 30, hitting streak. 35. Yeah, 35-game hitting streak is where he ended up leaving off. Um, you know, so that's well-deserved and, and stands out. Um, I like that I, like, so on mine, Judd Wilson is one of my top six. Yeah. I didn't have him at the beginning of the year. That's true. I was able to trade for him at the deadline, and now he becomes one of my protected assets. I mean, he's... He's going to be a huge part of my team going forward. He's an interesting player too because, I, and we talked about it earlier when you got him. He he's he was your three hitter, and he he's often been used as like a, a leadoff hitter or a top of the order guy. But the way your team is is kind of built, like he, he fits well into that three spot mm-hmm. because 
you you play in you know Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which doesn't produce a ton of home runs. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's a guy that doesn't hit a ton of home runs, but man, he he gets on base a ton, yeah. hits a lot of extra bases, can steal bases. You know, he fits really well in that middle of the order for you know for your your big boppers like Jimmy Fox and Vladimir Guerrero that you know can maybe hit a hit singles even, and that guy can score from from second base right. easily. You know, it, it's it helps to have some some guys with speed uh, in the middle of the order too. Yeah, and it, it made obviously like you said how my team's built. Trish Speaker is going to be in that leadoff spot forever, unless we ever do a redraft. Yeah, and then one of the best so, in the league yeah. too, no doubt. So it's 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 nice to be able to to build even during the season, and, and I mean think about that too. So as we go through the draft, I mean if you don't get some of the players you want, you know there's always going to be that ability to build during the season. Any other big protected? I think I stuff? was yeah, I think I was surprised. Uh, North Coast hard protected Randy Johnson. Um, who had kind of a limited amount of usage this year, uh, but showed some streaks mm-hmm. of like what he could be. And again, he's one of those modern guys that has had a good year in the past, maybe two good years in the past. Hard to say for sure, you know, yeah. what, what he's going to do. Um, he didn't have a whole lot of pitchers, you know, that probably deserved to be protected. So I kind of like that, that, a little, a little bit of a roll of the dice, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like we talked about with Greg Maddox earlier, like, you know, playing in a park that that is pitcher friendly can sometimes serve these these guys a little bit better. And Randy Johnson strikes out a ton of guys, so yep. I'm interested to see if if maybe you know that Randy Johnson can start you know producing uh, uh, numbers that that we're familiar with. Yeah. Did you see any like as people send in their lists? Were there any surprises to you where they where someone didn't get protected? Like, is there someone out there that's not going to be in the expansion draft, but you know, as Athens looks for their at their first pick, any any big surprises of anyone who you thought should have been protected? I wouldn't say big surprises. Um, again, that was another topic we sort of talked about, uh, where you you know you have ten guys that you're you're listing off and. Anybody left off that 10 is probably not going to be overly surprising. Um, I would say maybe I expected some guys to be protected by teams just based on their needs that weren't. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to get into the names really either just because, you know, I don't. You want to I tip anybody want, yeah, off? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. But I also don't want to, you know, say like, oh, I think this is, is a wrong move because it's not really that. It's just like I usually make a list of guys who I think they will keep, and if those guys end up off of the list, um, you know, especially in this year, it's not like, well, that was a bad move. It was just, oh, that was, you know, a Surprising. different way of looking yep. at it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there are multiple different ways to build a team, as we can, as we see, um, and I mean, the ballpark definitely uh, is part of that. So for sure, um, I think uh, I think the thing for me um, that stood out. And this is a testament to what we've been talking about all year on this podcast is uh, the competitiveness and, and the quality of, of the league. The top six that everybody kept, for the most part, I like absolutely agreed with, yeah. which, which is cool because it's like these teams are obviously really picking up on their key players. Yep. And that is going, you know, your core going into the draft doesn't really matter where you are in the draft. doesn't really matter who you pick in the first round. As much as it matters, who are the guys you're building around? Yep. Yeah, and, I, and you and I had a conversation. I can't remember if we discussed it on the last episode or not, but um, I, I came to you about 
like thought about dangling Mickey Cochran. And, and and that's kind of the conversation you and I had and where I went back to myself and I said, no, I need that guy. I need Mickey Cochran. He is a great catcher, a great hitter, defense, offense. He's got everything. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think you even said to me when I sent the list, it was like, you, you said you, I made the right choice. Like I was thinking yeah. about hard protecting someone else. And I think, and I think I said the, the question you should be asking yourself in that situation is how replaceable is this guy? And Mickey Cochran is not replaceable. He's really, I and, mean, he, and he fits and he fits in a certain way on your team mm-hmm. that maybe other catchers in the league wouldn't necessarily fill in. Right. Um, you know, both defensively and offensively. And I think he's another guy that uh, has probably produced a little bit more offensively for your team than he has on other teams. I know I had him one year, and he didn't really do much offensively for mm-hmm. me. But obviously, gold glove defense yep. every year, no matter what. Yep. Very good. Is that it for third base? You ready to head home? I think so. All right. As we head for home, it's time to look to the future. 2022 is on the horizon. We're going to be getting the drafts going here shortly. But first things first, let's talk about some players that we know for sure are going to be newly eligible to the Classic League in 2022. Number one, Dustin Pedroia. Wow. So he, uh, and again, these are guys that like have announced They've that announced they are already. retiring. Yep. Um, I think he's a solid second baseman. Uh, I think he's going to fall somewhere, probably somewhere on the list that like a Chase Utley would. Not as much power, but... You know, a guy that is coming into a, a heavy position. You know, there's a lot of quality second baseman, but I, I do think uh, probably deserves to end up on someone's roster. Yep. Number two, Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy. Kind of the same idea, mm-hmm. which you probably wouldn't expect. Oh, Daniel Murphy, you know, he had a couple all-star years, but, you know, would he really be a classic league player? And I think he will. I think his offensive numbers, you know, he had a stretch that was – really good he's one of the best hitters in the league for a stretch of time yeah and he's retiring kind of early you know he's still on the younger end of the spectrum and so i think he could step in um some of his value comes to with being able to play uh, first base and third base so uh probably not a starter but i i think um worth you know worth a flyer and and kind of see how he does in spring training uh he could end up you know being a good a bench role player pinch hitter hitter. yeah. yeah absolutely Next on the list is Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun. I'm hmm. kind of iffy on him. Yeah. I think uh, on Twitter, you know, there was some excitement around his retirement. Um, you know, I don't I don't think that necessarily he shouldn't be picked, but what comes to mind is if you look at his like real life numbers, compare them. Matt Holiday, a guy who never gets drafted. Similar numbers, you know. Ellis Burks, a guy who never gets drafted, similar numbers. So, Dane, uh, David, uh, Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy is a guy who sometimes gets drafted. Like those are the guys that kind of have similar offensive numbers to Ryan Braun. So, I don't know where he fits in. Wouldn't be surprised if he got taken. Yeah. But again, late, late will he round, la- yeah. yeah, will he last? I, I don't know because those guys <laughs> have been taken and then people kind of forgot about right. him. Right. Yeah, and I think um, his his availability is what outfield and first base. I think he's just an outfielder. Just an outfielder. Yeah. Okay. If I remember correctly, I think he's just an outfielder. Yeah. So I mean, that's a loaded pool of players. Sure. So and, yeah, maybe. And, we'll and see. not a great defensive outfielder right. either. So yeah. you know, could be more along the lines <laughs> of a designated hitter, which we right. got a ton of those yep. too. And with only, I mean, with only two new teams, you know, that's eighty more players. Mm-hmm. Is he one of those top eighty? We'll find out. Who else you got? Nick Markakis announced his retirement. Wow. 
I don't think, you know, he probably he's probably not a guy I would draft. You know, again, kind of looking at the pool of outfielders, you know, hey, you want to take him, take him, but I don't think he's a guy that necessarily belongs in the Classic League. Yep. Is that all of them, or is there one more? Cody Allen oh, Cody. was on there, <laughs> which also kind of fits into a ton of closers that are available that never get taken, and right. he's probably, you know, on that list of if yeah. you're desperate. If you're desperate <laughs> and the, uh, yeah, and... And if you want to, if you want to try a, a closer in the early innings, you can. Uh, doesn't always work out very well, but prove me wrong, you know. Right? Let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, please prove me wrong, Cody Allen. Um, and then, so as we, that was like the, that was the, the definites, right? Yeah, those the guys that have announced. Yeah. So as the draft and the player rankings that will come out approach, what's the deadline for a? We have to know they're retired. For them to be eligible for the Classic League draft. Yeah, so what we usually do, I mean, in the past we've said, you know, once once the draft has started, you know, anybody that's retired has to wait till the following year. Um, it's hard to do that now because of the soft start that we often do in early December, mm-hmm. where, you know, first team, if they know who they want to take, can take them, and without the clock starting, you know, we can kind of move down the list. So really, the, the marking that I would say is once I've emailed the... Uh, 2022 player rankings for everybody in the stats and whatnot. And I usually do that around Thanksgiving. That would kind of end the uh, entry for new players. And anybody that would announce, happen to announce their retirement after that point uh, would then be eligible for the following season. So listen up, Major Leaguers. If you want a chance to be in the Classic League, you got to let us know before Thanksgiving. All right, let's look at some other changes coming for 2022. Where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about uh, some teams changing, or do you want to talk about realignment? Where do you want to start, Jay? So a team's moving to a new ballpark. Let's start there. All right, cool. So we got uh, the North Coast Crashers leaving the friendly confides of Dodger Stadium to move into the gigantic black hole that is the Oakland Coliseum. Oakland Coliseum changed his colors and his, his logo last year to, to match the uh, green and gold of the athletics now moving into that park. And uh, a return of sorts because uh, I know that park has been used in this league in the past. Um, I know for sure that uh, Mike Brandenberry, who used to run the league, mm-hmm. had a team playing there. I'm pretty sure that Greg has played in that park in the past as well. I could be wrong about that, but nevertheless, a return to um, that that park being in our league. Right. And, you know, okay, so we, we got a bombshell to drop. There was a... The Ghostman had a, a tiff with the city of Grand River. What's going on, Jason? Fill us in. All right, so the Grand River Ghostman is going to relocate and call themselves the Gramercy Ghostman. And not to make up any kind of weird story, uh, but really what it came down to is when I entered the league in 2007, I knew I wanted to call my team the Ghostmen, and I just wanted a city that had a, a G. You wanted the alliteration. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And being from Ohio, you know, I just looked at cities in Ohio. Grand River had really no connection to me or the team or whatever. Um, since I play my games at the old Yankee Stadium, you know, I've got Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, a lot of a lot of old Yankee connections. I wanted, uh, I decided I wanted something that was more connected to the city of New York. Um, you know, Gramercy Park is a, a famous neighborhood there, uh, often referred to as Gramercy. And of course, in the movie The Warriors, 
Gramercy Riffs, the the top dogs yes. uh, of the uh, the gangs there. Um, so I figured, yeah, that's a cool connection. I'm gonna so go you with that. can dig it. I can dig it. Yes, absolutely. So that's that's fun. And then um, let's see, my alternate jersey for the Limerick Hurler champions. The championship alternate jersey has been released. Yeah, a black you, jersey you, yeah, with some gold trim. If you haven't seen that, check out the the Classic League or Limerick uh, Twitter yes. and and. Look, look at those uh, slick threads, if I may say so my, myself. My favorite part is that instead of the shamrock I normally have, it's a crown. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I think uh, last year when we made the uniforms, um, I created the championship alternate for Wormtown. Uh, had the crown on the sleeve. Um, decided to put it on, on your jersey as well. So I, I think that's going to be something we do every year where I create a, uh, a gold-trimmed crown additioned champion yeah. alternate that that the you know newly crowned champions can wear for that season i love it and now the biggest change to the classic league in 2022 other than adding new teams obviously well when you add new teams what do you got to do jay we gotta we gotta move some things around yep realignment time um we're gonna with the 12 teams we're gonna go to a four division format um which we've had in the past uh, a little bit of a change to the, the three team in each division format is the way the schedule is formatted. So even though you've you've only got three teams in a division, um, the six teams that are together in that league uh, will be playing a schedule that kind of looks more like a six-team division sort of thing, uh, just so that you, you know you don't have a, a over an excess of, of playing your own you know two teams. It's mm-hmm. just you know gets yeah, there'll be, be a lot. Yeah, so. We're going to um, keep the, the Hobbs and Kinsella. Those will become leagues right. instead of divisions. So the Hobbs will have two divisions. Uh, the first division will be called Oak Tree, the Oak Tree Division. Yep. And that will include the Twinsburg Tornadoes, who uh, are the defending Hobbs division champions. Yep. So we'll see what they can do in the Oak Tree. Uh, they'll be paired up with the Athens Bobkittens and the Brentwood Bearcats. All right. So, so that's the Oak Tree Division. Very good. And the other division for the Hobbs League will be the... The Lightning Division. Lightning. Obviously, we're playing off of the natural here. Um, and you'll notice when we talk about the other league as well. So who are our uh, Lightning Division members? All right. Lightning Division will include the 2020 champs, the Wormtown Warriors. And the North Coast Crashers will join them, along with the Expansion East Point Elites. Excellent. So now we move over to the Kinsella League, and our new two divisions there are named... First one is called the Cornfield Division. Yes, beautiful. And that will include myself, the Gramercy Ghostman. Woo! Uh, Harvey Wallbangers will be in there with me, along with the Expansion Sarnia Sting. Great. And that leaves us one last division. The Moonlight Division. Beautiful. Love it. Moonlight will include yourself, the Limerick Curlers, uh, the Cleveland Spiders, and the third expansion team, the Raleigh Fingers. The Raleigh Fingers. So there you have it. Which will play their uh, games at Abbott's Field, um, which Brooklyn uh, departed from. And and so that kind of keeps Abbott's Field within the Kinsella still as well. Which is very cool. So there you have it. You've got... uh... Four new greatly named divisions. It's, you know, we're we have so much fun with this league, and it's all we love baseball. We love everything about baseball. And you think Field of Dreams, you think The Natural. Those are two of the most popular uh, baseball movies that that exist. So it was just a nice way for us to 
recognize those flicks and uh, and make them part of the league. So, anything else? Any parting words? Parting shots, as they say. I think one last thing I want to throw out there is um, the coaching staffs that teams mm. are able to create. Um, some teams have reached out to me about positions and and whatnot. Uh, what I think is cool about this league too is we're able to use you know real life legendary coaches and also you know fictional you know from TV movies books. Uh, but if you uh, are listening to this and you're one of the teams in our league, um, check out the uh, Classic League website. And if you go to my team or Limer Curlers, both of us have a full staff yep. of like the positions that you're able to fill in the game. And, uh, you know, make sure that if you want to create a full coaching staff, uh, that you take a look at the people who are already chosen. And if you have people in mind that aren't on those already uh, deemed coaching staffs, feel free to send them in. Absolutely. And also, if you're listening and you don't have a Classic League team, we want to get bigger. Yeah, we're we... looking to try and expand uh, next year if yeah. we can as well. We want to get to 16 teams, and that would probably be our end point. But, uh, so, please... If you know someone that you think might be excited about a Stratomatic Baseball League, send them our way. And where do they need to go to, to find out information about our league? Oh man, they gotta follow at Classic League 5 on Twitter. That's for sure. And then check out ClassicLeague.Weebly.com. You'll see all the box scores, all the scheduling. Everything's gonna be right there. Is that it, Jay? Yeah, I think so. One more episode in December, and then we're on to 2022. All right. Have a great one, everyone. Thanks for listening.